385. Let's get us a book. Everyone standing tonight, 385. I am thine, O Lord. Let's sing it up. Everybody just turn it loose tonight. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by thy power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me going to play through a few verses. That's our cue to get out. Shake hands with as many as possible. Make everyone feel welcome tonight. all together now there are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea there are heights of joy that I may not reach 
till I rest in peace with thee. Growing nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Growing nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Well, we're glad everyone's here tonight. I'm it, okay? Up here, I'm the one. Brother Brian's not here. Brother Ken's somewhere between wherever he was and wherever he is, and that's not here right now. So uh, some of you may be guessing where Brother Brian is. He called me about 6 o'clock and said that Lisa's about five minutes apart, and the ladies have advised him not to leave. So he's heeding all the ladies, telling him to stay home and wait to go. All right, it could be three weeks from now. You never know. But anyway, uh, we will be praying for Brian and Lisa tonight and uh, our pastor, wherever he may be, and uh, that the Lord take care of them there. And we're certainly glad everyone's here. Uh, so we're going to ask uh, Brother Gerald Clayton, if he would, to open us in prayer, and then we're going to continue singing. Brother Gerald. Amen. Page 408. Let's continue singing. I Must Tell Jesus. 408. Get you a book now. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. Over the world. 
must alone. Let's do that chorus again. Everyone just sing now. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Thank you. You may be seated tonight. We're going to ask the men if they'll come on now to receive the offering tonight, if they'll come on. And as you heard earlier, Brother Steve Fletcher will be bringing the message tonight. And y'all be praying for him. I don't know how much notice he got. Probably not very much at all. Or maybe they had him waiting on the for an end sweep. I don't know. But that, he's ready to go tonight. And y'all be praying for him. I'm going to ask Brother Bob. Brother Bob, if you would, ask the Lord's blessing on the offering tonight. asked Brother Joe to sing a special song, and he's gladly consented to sing for us tonight. In times of trial and testing, in times of heartache, burden, the psalmist David in Psalm 121 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. When my plans have fallen through And I don't know what to do I just look unto the hills Whence comes my help When the dreams I dreamed have and I need a place to hide I just look 
unto the hills whence comes my help. I cry, Let me do just one thing different here. Brother Ronnie, would you come sing? We got it queued up already. He felt it too. Would you come sing that song for us? I don't know if he's uh, up to it or not. Well, tape's all ready to go. You know what's good? You look over 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, there's no temptation taken unto man, but such is common unto man. But it says God is faithful. Isn't it good to know tonight that God is faithful? We're told to be faithful, but the Bible tells us God is faithful to his word. Isn't that good tonight? We got that to lean on and stand on tonight. Brother Ronnie, come on and sing.
pretty song, Joe. Do you wonder how much more you can bear and why your load seems more than you share? Why the Remember he took the same steps you're taking now. He knows when you stumble, he Tomorrow may bring God is still on the throne and he sees all these things the heart that's been broken he knows just what to do he Brother Joe. We're going to ask Brother Steve. He'll come on now. Y'all smile at him, okay? Smile at him, make him feel comfortable up here. I guarantee he's going to give us something we need to hear tonight. Amen. Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. Galatians, chapter 5. <clears throat> Actually, I've been, I think you might say, probably been on the home deck circle for the last couple of services. <laughs> I come here Sunday morning and was thrilled to see Terry. And uh, it's been a little bit confusing. I didn't know what, I, didn't, I, knew, I knew Sunday was gonna be back up for either one of these baby boomers. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I assumed that tonight was, 
was a backup for Brother Ken. And, uh, of course, Vivian informed me the whole time that, no, you're on. Then Brian said, you're on. Then I've heard, that, you know, if he don't get back. So, anyway, I've been prepared. So, I told her tonight, I said, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. And we sat down and have supper, and I said, I'm a little bit nervous. And she said, what are you nervous for? She said, you don't never get nervous. I said, yeah. I said, but, you know, I got to thinking. All these titles they've been throwing at me lately reading between the lines, and your boat may be full, but won't sink, and something about here, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, something about pies of chicken, and uh, all these titles, and I, I, and I got thinking, I said, I don't have a title. So I guess I'm gonna have to start learning how to come up with a title to go along with my messages. But, Lord gave me one, and put this in our heart tonight. Think about this. If you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. Galatians chapter 5, look down at verse number 16. Galatians 5 and verse number 16. Paul says here, he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. Verse 18, he says, but if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Look down at verse number 24 with me, please. He says, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Our kind and loving Heavenly Father, we come here tonight to open your precious word. That has become so dear to my heart. We thank you for the truths that it contains. Father, I ask you now, Lord, for this next few minutes. God, you give me liberty and give me the power to preach. Father, help us to hear from you. Give us that same power to hear. Help us to be heroes of your word also. Lord, we'll thank you for it. We'll give Jesus all the glory and all the praise, for it's in his name we ask. Amen. Some time ago in my life as, as a parent, it was always a thrill and a joy to go to functions at school and to see my kids perform. It was a blessing to my heart to see him play baseball and to see him wrestle. And Brother Rick would appreciate this. I believe that the greatest thrill, though, the greatest the thing that I enjoyed the most about going to a function to watch was band competition. And I really enjoyed going off. My oldest son was in the band, played saxophone, and senior year was band captain. So I really got into that. I really enjoyed going to these things. It was, it was good for me. I enjoyed the competition. I enjoyed listening to the music. I enjoyed watching them march. It was beautiful. And I can recall in my mind, as I was sitting thinking about it, about one particular girl in the band, that she just had a hard time keeping step. 
the band will be going this way and you might find her going that way and then there was times when she just simply fell down. She just had a hard time keeping still. And this reminds me, as I thought about this, reminds me tonight of those Christians who try to live the Christ-like life. They hear the beat, but they have a hard time keeping the step. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 21, he says, Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Now, I do not believe that in this passage of Scripture that Peter is telling us that we are to imitate the life of Jesus. To me, to imitate would be to substitute for the real thing. And I know tonight that I have the real thing living in me. He lives in me and lives through me. But I do believe tonight what Peter is trying to tell us is that we in our lives, that we are to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to identify with His life. We are to identify with His death. We are to identify with His burial. And we are to identify with His resurrection. That we are to identify with Him so that He can live in us and through us and the, Lord, and the world knows that we serve a risen Savior. I believe tonight that, that if we allow him to live his resurrected life through us, that we'll walk in the Spirit. We'll follow in those footprints that Peter was telling us about. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 10, he says, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, Paul said that we are complete in him. In other words, at that point in time when we come to know Christ as our Savior, God gave us everything we need at that time to serve Him. He equipped us fully for service for Him. Now the Holy Spirit has given us all we need to serve Him. And God the Father, what He wants to do is produce the graces of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. What are these graces? They are Christ-like characteristics. Paul gives them to us in verses number 22 and verse number 23. He lists for us nine of these graces. They're not gifts. They're not spiritual gifts. They are graces. Now, the Holy Spirit has a specific role in your life. And that role has two commands. Paul said in Ephesians 5 and 18 that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he tells us here in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16 that we are to walk in the Spirit. That each and every day of our life we are to yield control of our life to the Holy Spirit. And as we yield control of our life we will then discover God's plan and God's pattern for living a victorious Christian life. But now, what happens is, is along our journey, our walk, we discover that we have all kinds of enemies. One of those enemies, of course, is Satan. He hates God. He hates the things of God. He's against God in all ways. Another one of those enemies that we discover in the Bible is that it's the world. The world is against the things of God. But then our text here gives us another enemy. 
It's our own very flesh, our own worldly desire. Now this passage here before us tonight deals with this enemy, the flesh. Verse number 16 talks about the desires of that sinful nature. In verse number 19, we begin to see these, these works manifested. We see the works of the flesh. Now, when I talk about flesh tonight, I know that we know, you know tonight, that I'm not talking about the skin that is upon us. Not what the blood and the cells and however the body works and whatever it does that God's created to, to form this layer that covers us. That's not what I'm talking about. What, we're talking, what I'm talking about tonight is those sinful tendencies that become a part of our existence at birth. At birth. All of us tonight, every single one of us here tonight, were born in the flesh. But when God saved us, He gave us a new nature. Now here's the deal. Here's what we find. We have our new nature in Christ plus our old nature, the flesh. Now, there's some believes that when, when you come to Christ and you receive His new nature, that the old nature disappears, it goes away. Now, you can ask my wife tonight, and she'll tell you that's not true. Because she's seen, some, she's seen me sometimes when the fleshly things has, has come out, made their appearance at home. But the thing we want to talk about tonight, the thing that we must learn is we must learn to walk in the Spirit so we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And when we as believers begin to do this, this is when the battle begins to take place. Look with me first of all tonight at verses number 17 and 18. Verses 17 and 18, Paul says, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would but if you be led of the spirit you are not under the law now the first thing I want us to notice tonight about this is that there is a conflict a conflict that is within us look at the word there again in verse number 17 Paul gives us the word he says contrary this word here contrary means to be opposite of the old you and the new you simply don't get along. Your old self and the, the new nature that God has given you, it don't get along. Have you ever been around anybody? Have you ever just walked up to somebody and met somebody? You couldn't get along with them? I mean, right off the bat, it's just like oil and water trying to stir it up. You just knew it from the instance. I, I, I had, a, I'd like to say, opportunity or unpleasantness or whatever it caused, but, I was working one time and had this particular man. I had to deal with this man on my job. There was no escaping. I had to see him every day, and he had to see me. And God knows I never said a word to that man. It's just a minute I walked in, he didn't like me. And the flesh of me, I didn't like him. I couldn't help it. it, just, it, it but I didn't say anything to him to provoke him. But we, I just knew right then, I said to myself, me and this guy's not going to get a long talk. And it didn't take about a week, he was ready to fight me. And him 50-something, 60-something, me almost 40. I'm not ready for fighting. This man was ready to fight. We clashed. 
You know what I'm talking about tonight. The old nature and the new nature, they don't get along. The new nature tells us on Sunday morning, go to church. The old nature says, stay home. There's not a one of us in here tonight that has not fought that battle. He said, get up and go. No, stay home, I'm too tired. Then we start coming up with all kinds of excuses. The new nature says, pay your tithes. No nature says, can't afford it. Got to hang on to it. I can't, can't, can't give it up. Ain't no one of us in here tonight that hasn't fought that battle. New nature says, love everybody. Our old nature says, some more than others. Reminds me of a song in this church. These two ladies were singing once, and they were singing a song, and these two ladies, they, the spirit moved, and they got happy, and they got up, and they, and they were singing, and they were singing a song, and they just kept repeating it over. I love everybody. I love everybody. And they was going up and down the aisle about the front of the church. These two ladies, they've hated each other for years. They met. One lady looked at the other, and she said, Some more than others. <laughs> you see, our old nature and our new nature that is within us, they don't get along. It's conflict after conflict, battle after battle, and it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. But look at verse number 18. Look at what Paul says. Now I'm aware of the context of the Scripture tonight, but Paul says, if you be led of the Spirit, now notice what he says here. He says, ye are not under the law. Now I know who he's addressing here. I know who he's talking to. I know, I understand, but what he is saying to the Galatians. But what is it for us tonight? What is he trying to say to us? Let's face it. Our tendency is to think about all the things in life that we're not allowed to do. We set up our own rules. We set up our own regulations. We set up our own goals. And, and we try to go by these things and we seem to fail. We don't make any progress in our lives. And that's what Paul's talking about. You're not under the law here. In the Old Testament, there were 632 commandments that the Pharisees and the rabbis drew up. Each one of these laws had to be obeyed. Now try doing that. Try doing that. Try obeying all 632 of those laws. Some of us not do well if we can remember the Ten Commandments. But try obeying all 632 of those laws. When we try to do that, we just go nuts. We go crazy. If we are to walk in the Spirit, as we are commanded to do here, and I say it is a command, then our life must be filled with do's and not don'ts. We must do what the Bible says. Look at what Paul said in verse number 18. Look what he says. He says, but if ye be led of the Spirit. Now what does the word led there mean? It means to guide. In other words, Paul is saying here that, that, that we are to allow the Holy Spirit who lives in us to guide us through life. Now, think about this. Has anybody ever come up to you and asked you for instructions, directions on how to get somewhere? Let's just use, I got a place in my mind tonight, and I'm going to tell you. If you come up to me and, I'm gonna, and you ask me directions how to get there, I'm going to say, go out this road, take a right, 
I want you to go to the road you got to stop at. When you get there, I want you to stop, take a left, take the very first road back to the right. You're going to go over the railroad tracks. You're going to come to the place where you're going to have to stop again. When you get there, you stop, you take a left, you go to the second road on the right, you take a right, you go up the hill, and you go down through, uh, through the tunnels. When you go through the tunnels, you come off the road there, you take a right red light, you go down to the fourth road on the left, you take a Take that turn left, and when you go down to the second road on the right, I want you to take that turn, and you'll get there where you want to go. And you're going to look at me, and you're going to say, huh? <laughs> you see, what I'm saying is tonight, the Holy Spirit is our guide. He comes up, and he says, follow me. It would be a whole lot easier if I told you, instead of giving you those directions, just follow me. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He is saying to us, just follow me. I will lead you. I will guide you. Listen, we're not goats. I understand that a goat herder drives. Had to get behind the goats and drive them and force them and, and just drive them forward. But the Bible tells us we're sheep. What do sheep do? Follow. They follow their shepherd. We are to be, the Bible says we are to be led. He's our guide and we are to follow him. We are to allow him to, to take control of our life and just follow him. Follow the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, did Jesus make you come to church tonight? Does Jesus make you come to church on Sunday? Does Jesus make you teach a Sunday school class? Does Jesus make you play an instrument? Does Jesus make you become a part of the prayer ministry? Does Jesus make you become a part of the greeter's ministry? Did he do any of those things? Did he, does he make you pray for your pastor? No. It's because of his love that he has for us. He has led us here. Nobody made us come tonight. The Holy Spirit has led us here. Paul says we are to be led to allow him to be our guide. So the first thing I want to see tonight is that there is a conflict that is within us. There's a conflict that is within us. But notice number two. There is a contrast outside of you. That contrast is between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Now God tells us in verse number 16, He says, to walk in the Spirit so we won't what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. The word lust I refers to those old inner desires that we have. What God is saying that is what... When he saves us by his grace, we still have that potential to sin that we've always had. That potential is still there. Now, verse number 22 and verse number 23, we see these nine graces or fruits of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we learn through our Christian walk to yield to his leadership and to walk with him, then we will begin to see these fruits manifested. They'll start to come out on us. Now, let me illustrate what I'm talking about. It doesn't all happen at once. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about a walk. We're talking about walking with God. Now, when I come through those back doors to get up here tonight, I just wasn't one giant step, and here I was. I had to take steps. I had to walk, and the Christian walk is the same way. It's steps. I can remember the back all the time. I can go back into my youth, fourth grade, First year playing organized baseball. Now, I love the game of baseball. And I can remember playing in the Knothole League over here in East Lake. Never played ball and just 
just wanted to play one day up and wanted to play. And so I went out and played. And, and I was doing the best I could. And, and when my dad got to come and watch me play, he had great expectations of me. I, I, I can just imagine he, he thought every time I come up to bat, I was supposed to hit a home run or get on base. And, I, and every, everything that was hit at me, I, I, he assumed that I was supposed to catch it. Now, I couldn't do it. I was learning. It was my first year. I was learning how to play the game. And he'd come out to me. He said, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I said, and, and he reminds me of it, and I reminded him tonight. I looked up at him and he told him, well, I'm doing the best I can. You see, Christian walk is a, is a, is a walk. It takes time. For these, it took time for my skills, whatever skills I might have accomplished over the years of playing the game of baseball to come out, to develop. It takes time as we walk with God. And as time goes by, we begin to see a display of these fruits. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. They just start to come out on us, come out of us, because they're in us. Now, let's use our imagination a minute and pretend we're going into an orchid, apple orchid. You ever been in an apple orchid? I haven't. I've been in a peach one, but but if I can use my imagination and think about it, if we go there at the time when the fruits are just loaded onto the trees and they're heavy and and with apples, just imagine walking up to an apple tree and looking at an apple tree and carrying on the conversation with it. You walked up to it and there it was. Here all these other trees were just loaded down with apples bearing precious fruit. And here this one old apple tree was, it didn't have a thing on it. One little bitty scrawny apple up there had worms in it. Just imagine asking that apple tree, he said, what's the matter with you? How, how come you're not producing any fruit? And the old apple tree answers back and says, I don't know. I'm doing the best I can. I'm pushing, I'm shoving, I'm squeezing. I'm, I'm, I'm just using all my ability that I have I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm using everything that is within me. And all the apple tree has to realize he's planted there in fertile ground, good soil, it rains. All he has to do is allow what's on the inside of him just to do the job. And that's all we have to do tonight if we're going to walk with God and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit is to allow God to live through us. Just let it come out. It's there. He's giving it to us. All we have to do is just turn loose of ourselves and let Him have the, the reins of our life. Turn over the controls of our life to Him. What I'm talking about tonight is, is we as believers tonight, when we get up tomorrow, the first thing we ought to do is say, God, I yield myself to you. I am in your control. Everything that I am, I turn it over to you. And allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. And then we'll begin to see these fruits manifested in our life. That is what has been addressed here. The first thing we see here tonight is the conflict on the inside. And then we see a contrast on the outside. But this is the heart of what I want to say to you tonight. I want you to look at verse number 24. Now I want us to notice the crucifixion that was made for you. something that happened in the past. When was the flesh crucified? 
2,000 years ago in a place called Calvary, Jesus nailed our sins and our flesh to the cross. 2,000 years ago, the flesh was crucified. Paul said, look, Galatians 2 and 20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. He didn't say, I might be. One day I may discover this. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Does this mean that we'll never, never again yield to the desires of the flesh? No. It means we don't have to. Amen? It means we don't have to. We tonight have a choice in the matter. God has given us a choice. But listen, I don't know your heart. I can't see your faces that well. So I don't know who's in here, but God does. And if you're here tonight and you've never come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, listen, you don't have a choice in the matter. You do not have a choice in the matter. You're nothing more than just a puppet on the string. And the, and the, the old worldly desires, the old fleshly lusts is in you has got you and is leading you and there's a thing you can do about it. Paul said in Romans 8 and 5, he says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. If you've never come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't have a choice in the matter. You will fulfill the lust of your flesh. Well, that's God. I don't understand what Ken is talking about. Somebody say amen and help me out a little bit. Look at verse number 25. I was told three times tonight not to preach 45 minutes, and I've been preaching... 25 minutes. But I want you to see this. Paul says if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Now I want to conclude with this. Conclude with this. If you and I tonight, and I'm sure there's, we've got a lost loved one in our family somewhere, a friend that is on his way to hell, relatives that are on their way to hell, listen, if you and I tonight are going to ever win that person to Jesus Christ, then we have to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to show them that what we have is real. They have to see Jesus in us and through us if we're ever going to win them to, to Christ. I was talking the other day to a fella, and I won't get into the conversation. We were talking. And it was about God, and it was about the things of God, and it was about right and wrong and so forth. Don't you listen? Man told me of a woman who was currently engaged in a sexual affair with her pastor. Think about it. He told me that. I went to my vehicle, and I wailed. I cried. And I said to God, I said right there, I said, oh, but God, that a lost and dying world can look at me and see Jesus. That's all I wanted is the people look at me and just see Christ. We are to be the example, to follow in his example, in humility, suffering, and so forth, just that the lost world can look at us and see Jesus. That's what it's about, people. The greatest thing, I was talking to someone once, and matter of fact, 
uh, is telling me about someone that he knows, and I was listening to him, and he talked about how what a godly man he was. He was talking about how much this man loved the Lord. This man he was talking about wasn't even in a, in a nowhere in the neighborhood, probably not even in the state. And I thought, what a good spirit about a person. And I was telling him about him. I thought, man, he had such a good spirit about him. He said, oh, he's a godly man. And I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about what he was saying about someone else. And you know, tonight, the greatest thing that my wife could say about me one day is she could say anything about not that I was a good provider, not that anything else, but the greatest thing that she could say about me is that my husband loved Jesus with all of his heart. Now, God's given me the privilege to raise two boys, and I'm proud of both of them. They're both saved, and they're both serving God. And I told one of them once, or I might have told Dad, or I might have told them, I can't remember. But I told them, I said, if you're ever going to say anything about me one of these days, if I, when I'm dead and gone, if you're still here or whatever, I said, just say you've seen Jesus in me. Just that you've seen his love. All that Christ can flow through us, we can, we'll see the fruits of his spirit manifested. That's what it's all about if we're going to win anybody to Jesus. It's time for the world to start seeing Jesus in us. It's time. They see enough world day in and day out. It's time for them to see Jesus. I wonder. And I want you to think about this tonight. And this is the thing I want to get into your heart. Moms and dads, think about it. When you go home tonight and you lay down in your bed, ask yourself this question. Does my, does my children see Jesus in me? Do they see Jesus in me? Think about it tonight, husband and wife. Think about it, wife whose husband is out of church. Think about it, husband whose wife is lost. Do they see Jesus in you? Think about it tomorrow when you go to work. Do they see Jesus in me? Think about it when you come home. Listen, if we're going to talk it, we better walk it. Let's bow our heads for word prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your blessings, for your goodness. I can't find the words tonight, Lord. I can't. You have been so good to me, and you have blessed me tremendously. I thank you for loving me so much. I thank you tonight that you have loved me but a love that I can't even find the words to describe. I thank you, Lord, for allowing me this opportunity. And I pray that you use it to your glory. Glorify Jesus. Holy Spirit, seal your word in the hearts of everyone that heard it. And help us as we leave here tonight that God will walk in the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand our feet, please.
and I don't know, I, I just do this. I know it's prayer night, and we'll pray in a minute. I don't want you to respond to me because I preach, but if God has dealt with your heart on something, respond to the Holy Spirit, not to me. Just one verse. It might be something that you want to come clean about with God. Just one verse as they play softly. May the Holy Spirit search your heart. Okay, we'll have our prayer time. Brother Rick asked me to do this, and so if I fumble through it, I'll do the best I can. Let's remember, uh, I guess we should remember, should we pray for Brian or Lisa, or both? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure they both need it, but let's re do remember them. And did I hear someone say that... that uh, What is her name? Angel? I don't know why I won't call her Angel. <laughs> but Angel was, uh, is she, has she started labor? I heard, thought I heard someone say. Okay. What? Just do remember them. But then our missionary of the week tonight is, is uh, Karen. Help me say that last night. Okay. In New York, I know, I've said it, I've heard her, I know who she is, I just cannot. I see that I want to say leaguer, <laughs> but and also Greystone Baptist Church in Lewisburg, West Virginia, is our church of the week. The pastor is. I know now why you got me to do this. <laughs> you okay? Y'all heard it right there. And continue to remember uh, Jerry Barnes at Park Ridge. This is Julie Barnes' dad and Virginia Yarman and Juanita Warnick. Can you remember all these and all of our shut-ins and those in the nursing home and, and all the ministries. Let's pray for our pastor. I'm sure tonight he's jet-lagged. And uh, let's lift him up. If you would, let's all come. It would. And we'll close the service in a word of prayer. Yes. Okay. We'll remember that. Does anybody else have a... Spoken request. Anyone else? Your daughter? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's remember this. Those of you who would, let's come to the altar. Those who choose to pray where you're at, pray there. But let's do lift up our services Sunday morning. Ask God to touch. I'll call on someone to pray, and when they finish, we'll consider ourselves dismissed. Brother Buddy Woody, if you would tonight, lead us in prayer, please.
And you're dismissed.